This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And I want to start off this week's show by uh, revisiting something from last week's show. Probably a couple of things from last week's show I'll revisit, uh, if I can get to them. Uh, The first thing is to point out something that it seems as though I was wrong about. Uh, I talked about uh, Mike Nesmith having died, and I talked about the band The, The Monkees. And one of the knocks on the monkeys was that, uh, or the main knock on the monkeys was that they weren't really a real band because, you know, they didn't write their own songs and they didn't play their instruments on their records. And an example I used was the band The Birds. And I talked about The Birds, their first album, which was titled uh, Mr. Tambourine Man. I said that with the exception of Roger McGuinn, who I guess at the time was going by Jim McGuinn, uh, with the exception of him, and he was a, a guitar player, he, he, he developed this pretty much signature sound for him using uh, an, uh, an electric guitar that was a 12-string guitar. And, and he had a history of being a, a, a session musician, sort of proven himself. In, in the studio. He'd, he'd done that. And I was saying that, you know, the rest of the band had to move aside for, uh, it turns out it was the Wrecking Crew, which was, the Wrecking Crew was a uh, group of, of studio musicians. Uh, I think there was a core group mainly, but then there were several others that could come in, uh, musicians that would work on all kinds of records in the 1960s. All sorts of things, and I'll get to more of that in a moment. So, um, I thought that that's what happened. The rest of the band didn't play on that album. It was the Wrecking Crew and, and Roger McGuinn. Well, it turns out, when I was setting up, writing my show notes for, for last week's show, dug in a little more, and I found that, well, that's not exactly true. The album, Mr. Tambourine Man which was the Bird's first album, came out in 66, I want to say. Uh, the album was, you know, members of the band, you know, they all played on it. There were a couple of additional musicians that were brought in to work on a couple of tracks, but essentially it was the band. The exception, though, was the song, the single, Mr. Tambourine Man. The producer at the time didn't think that the band itself was gelling well enough with each other. 
to you know to pull off the song. So the, the, he brought in the Wrecking Crew to lay down the instrumental tracks of for the song, not the album, and the song. And this is according to Wikipedia, so, well, you know, Wikipedia's not bad, really. Uh, but uh, Wikipedia did point out that the mistake was that what I made, and other people have made, is that they just associated, since the name of the album was Mr. Tambourine Man, people just conflated or just thought that, oh, that whole album was done by the Wrecking Crew, not by the Birds. All right, so so I was I was wrong to use the birds as an example. So when I was writing up the show notes for last week's show, which you can find the show notes going to dimland.com, uh, scroll down, click on the uh, show notes slash blog option, you'll get to them. And if you're not checking out the show notes, you're only getting like I don't know, like eighty-two point four percent of the show. You know, it's it's you got to go to the show notes to get the whole hundred percent. Anyway, uh, as I was writing that up, it occurred to me a, a, a better thing I could have said in defense of the Monkees being a band. Uh, yeah, and, and the criticism that they didn't write their own songs and they didn't play their own instruments on their records. Well, that's not true. <laughs> I, I mean, it's... True with them, pretty much. I mean, Michael, Mike Nesmith did write a few of their songs. Uh, um, Ricky, uh, Mickey Dolans at some point did write some songs. And Peter Tork wrote a couple. You know, and I think the whole group kind of worked out some throw-off stuff once in a while. Uh, and in the, on the album Headquarters, they had demanded, look, we want to play on this album. So they did. And, and so there's that. But I thought of... Well, let's let's uh, point to somebody else who, let's see, who who didn't write his own songs. Elvis Presley didn't write his own songs. Uh, I I found this uh, went on the internets, and I looked it up. I went for you know uh, a record that they put out that was put out. It was Elvis's Golden Records. And that was 1958. And so that uh, it was 14 tracks, 14, 14 of his big hits, his gold record songs that he had put. So it's a compilation album. Of those 14 songs, four of them have a co-writer uh, credit for Elvis Presley. I think three of them have his name coming after other songwriters' name. You know, the other the co the other co-writers. Uh, coming last, and I think that means music. Uh, and one has his name coming first. That's "Love Me Tender." That I think that means lyrics. I could be wrong in that, but that's how they listed it on on Wikipedia. So, of his 14 big hits in the, in as of 1958, he'd only co-written four of them. Now, what's a, who who out there? Which band out there? didn't play their own instruments on their albums. Well, let's just take an album from, oh, I don't know, let's say 1966, you know, when the when Monkees were starting, when the Monkees' first album came out, their self-titled album, uh, The Monkees, when that came out, 1966. Let's just pick another album at uh, Not Random, because I picked it out earlier today. Oh, I don't know, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys which is considered one of the great 
albums in pop rock history. It's one of the great albums there is. It's always at the top of the list of the greatest albums, Pet Sounds. Now, Brian Wilson did write every track. Uh, uh, Sloop John B is a traditional song that uh, Wilson did arrangements for. But otherwise, he, he wrote all the lyrics, and, and, and he had some other people. There was a few tracks that were co-written with someone else, but Wilson did write stuff. But the Beach Boys, well... <laughs> They played, let's see, Brian, of the Wilsons. There's Brian Wilson, Carl Wilson, and Dennis Wilson. All right. Brian Wilson. He played piano, organ, bass, and, uh, and harmonium. He played those instruments on a total of four songs. And not each of those instruments on each of the four songs, but you know, he played something on, the, on four songs on the album. Uh, Carl Wilson played guitars. Uh, on two songs, and Dennis Wilson played drums on one song. How many tracks are on the album? Uh, let's see, I think I wrote it down. I think it's 13 tracks. 13 tracks on the album. So, of the Wilson brothers, uh, there was four songs. You know, Again, Brian played on four songs, Carl on two, Dennis on one. Al Jardine... Uh, Bruce Johnston and uh, Mike Love all just did vocals. So, you know, and this is one of the most acclaimed albums ever. And who played on that album? Who actually played the music? The Wrecking Crew. They came in. It was a huge amount of musicians played on this album. Uh, I'll link to the Wikipedia page so you can see all the listed musicians that played on it. It includes Glenn Campbell played on the album. Uh, it it's so to go after the monkeys then they weren't really a band because they didn't write their own songs well Elvis the king of rock didn't write his own songs for the most part and the Beach Boys who produced one of the greatest albums ever in pop music didn't play any barely played anything on the album in fact half the band didn't play anything on the album they just sang so yeah a little defense for the monkeys a little bit more just a little bit i also want to revisit the um the six panel door talk i realized that i said that i was going to put a picture of uh of our door our front door which is a four panel door with a little window at the top uh i was going to put that on on the show notes page i forgot to do that i'll do that this week uh if you look at the negative space between the panels, ours looks like a upside-down cross. So, hail Satan. But the reason I'm bringing this up again is because I found the meme that I was thinking of, and I there was something in there that I'd forgotten to to address. The meme shows one of those six-panel doors, and the text in the meme reads as follows. The six-panel door became popular in the 1700s. The design of the door's top four panels is the cross. The bottom two are the open pages of the Bible. Liberal heads exploding in three, two, one. Uh, why? Why would liberals' heads explode finding out if this, if we, and remember when I talked about it last week, I, I, 
it's it's not the most solid it's not true i couldn't find anything authoritative saying it wasn't true but the stuff i was finding was really pointing in the direction this is a myth there's nothing that says that there was an intentional design to the negative space and the of the panels on the door there's nothing there and it seems like it's probably not true but i don't have a it's probably not true theme to play for the segment so i just went with the it's not true because i think it's i think i'm fairly safe that it's not true but it's yeah it's not the most satisfying i understand i agree but you know but let's say it is true let's say it's true that uh, somebody who came up with the door said hey you know what what i did here in the reasoning uh, my reasons for doing the panels the way i did was so that the top part of the door would look like a cross and the bottom part of the door would look like the open pages of a bible that's why I did it. It's the cross Bible six panel door. Uh, oh, okay. That's that's clever. That's great. So suppose that was the design. That was the whoever did it. The first guy who, you know, Adam who made the first six panel door, that's what he intended, right? Well, okay, but why would liberals heads explode? Explode because of that. Does the person meme maker? Let me ask you. <laughs> you who made the meme, let me ask you, do you think that, that there can't be liberal cr Christians? Are you one of those right-wing types that think that's the only, the real Christianity is somebody that's conservative and right-wing and, and thinks that uh, the uh, president preceding the one that's in the office right now is the greatest president we've ever had? Was a, you know, sent to us from God? <laughs> if, if, if you're, that's the only kind of Christian there can be? Really? I mean, you know, the guy that is currently in, in the White House uh, is a pretty damn devout Catholic. You know, President Joe Biden is a pretty devout Catholic. I, you know, I don't see... Yeah, I'm sure the person who made this meme is thinking that Joe Biden is really liberal. Now, Biden is on the liberal side of things, I guess, but he's not as liberal as uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, he's not. He's certainly not as liberal as uh, Senator Bernie Sanders. But okay, but why would their heads explode? Why why liberals' heads exploding in three, two, one? Why? Oh, other you know Jimmy Carter. He's a pretty liberal uh, president, I would say. Pretty liberal person. He's very, ca uh, not Catholic, but very Christian. I don't know what flavor of Christianity he adheres to, but, you know, he is. Uh, I, it just, I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure why the liberal thing. Maybe, if I can speculate, maybe the meme maker actually meant atheists' heads exploding in 3, 2, 1 atheists heads maybe that's what he meant or she they maybe that's what they meant i'd like to say to them dude if that's what you meant i'm an atheist i live in saint paul minnesota saint paul minnesota all right <laughs> i live in a country that is filled with all kinds of Christian bullshit. All kinds of Christian iconography, all kinds of stuff. When some when you when I say goodbye to someone, 
I know that the word goodbye is a contraction of the phrase, God be with you. Now, that could, I could be wrong. That might not be how goodbye came about. It might be one of those apocryphal things. It might be one of those myths. But nevertheless, I, I'm perfectly willing to accept that that's what it comes from. And my head's not exploding. It's like, I say it to people all the time. Goodbye. I don't mean God be with you. My goodness, it's all over the place. <laughs> and some door? If it's true, my, my reaction would be, oh, okay, that's interesting. It's, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why, why a liberal's head would explode, and I don't get why an atheist's head would explode. It just, it just is a, they think they're being clever, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what their thinking is. I don't know what they're hoping to achieve with that meme. And besides, it's probably not true anyway. Uh, well, I do know what I want to go do right now. I want to go to my first break. So you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll return after this break. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Z Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. If this station's not your cup of tea... Then drink coffee! 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 coffee. coffee. <laughs> drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. I thought you might say that. <laughs> You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, let's see. I think I'll, uh, I'm going to do a kind of a special show this, this, uh, this week. Uh, this is going to be the last Dimland Radio of 2021. Uh, I will not do a show next week. It's Christmas weekend. 
Uh, I'm not going to record a show on Christmas Eve. So, you know, sorry, but I'm not going to do a show next week. Um, and I might not do a show the week after that, which would be uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. I'm trying to decide, because I might not do one. Just uh, because, you know, holidays and family and whatever. And putting these shows together, they ain't easy, you know. You think it's just roll off a log and the show shows up, huh? huh? There's a little work here. Anyway. So, I thought I'd do something a little special for this show. And, um, and, and do a few... Uh, uh, a few, <laughs> two or three uh, of these. And now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Mm, yeah, I sure hope so. You know, back in the day when I used to do the show live, that was a long time ago. I did a show where the show it was uh, virtually the entire show was pedantic moments. Now I know what you're saying out there, damn, your show is virtually all pedantic moments. I I, I know I guess <laughs> I'm not so bad. You know before I get into this little pedantic moment here, I, I in defense of myself. Now I yes I accept the fact that I am a pedant. A pedant. Uh, you know uh, my favorite tree is pedantry and you know I, I know that but I'm not as bad as my reputation might have me be you don't know how often I don't point things out because it's often that I don't and I'll give you an example here it was at the uh, uh, not the most recent skeptics meetup I didn't make it to that one uh, I had reasons um, but I didn't make it to that one but the one before I think it was the one before Got into conversation about something, and one of the members of the skeptics uh, was uh, uh, used to be uh, quite the pothead back in the day, and uh, uh, they were talking about how um, I think they used to deal a little bit you know, when they were in college, and they uh, the, the their their pot dealer their connection their drug dealer would talk about uh, they had this adage about if you're transporting drugs you know you're driving in, in your car and you're driving from one city to another across state lines or something and you got a bunch of pot that you're delivering to somebody the adage is uh, commit one crime at a time and someone else in the group not me got a little pedantic on that saying oh well, I'm sure there's more than one crime being committed when somebody's got a bunch of pot in their car and they're bringing it somewhere with intent to sell and all that so they just they just were doing that and I I, I held my tongue <laughs> and I just sat back and looked and I said okay and I'm and they say I'm bad they say that my pedantry gets that I'm really pedantic <laughs> now I was hanging back thinking, I know what the, the dealer means. I know what they mean. I know what my friend that's talking about break one law at a time, I know what it means. You know, it, what it means is this. You got a trunk full of pot. 
and you're bringing it somewhere. You're driving a few hours away from where you picked it up, and you're to deliver it somewhere, all right? The break one law at a time means the only thing you're doing wrong is delivering that pot. Don't be, don't speed. You know, don't be going 80 miles an hour in a 60 mile an hour zone. Uh, don't be blowing through red lights. Don't be weaving in and out of traffic. Don't be tailgating. Don't be driving with one headlight. Don't have a broken taillight. Don't have any of those other things because any of those other things can draw the attention of the law enforcement authorities. And that's the last thing. That's not even on the list. You don't even want, you, That's not even the last thing you want to have happen because it's not on the list. You don't want that to happen. So you break one law, and the one law is your is your transporting illegal drugs. See that I, I understand what that's what it meant, but sure I understand the pedantry saying, well, surely there are more laws than just uh, just having pot in, in your it's possession and sent to sell uh, whatever else there might be. And I look and I sit back and I thought, and they think I'm bad. <laughs> I I understood what it meant. What the I'm sure the person that was being pedantic understood it too, but. I don't know. Maybe I'm a bad influence on people. I don't know. But maybe I've learned how to control it better than some people that just say, well, you know, Jim's a pedant. Maybe he might like this. If I get some, do some pedantry, he might be impressed. Well, you know, I'm impressed by some good pedantry once in a while, but you gotta, you gotta learn how to use it and when to use it and when not to. And case in point. And this is, and I, and I will preface this by saying, to find my paperwork. Uh, I'm not defending a particular fearless loser. Okay, I'm not partic I'm not defending that person. I'm defending the truth. So the so this you know like I said, there's going to be more than one pedantic moment for this show. So this first one here <clears throat> uh, on the YouTube, there was a uh, there was a um, a clip that was from a 60 Minutes program. Now, not the American 60 Minutes, the Australian version of 60 Minutes. They have that. And it's, it's the same kind of setup as the American version that's been on the air for, I don't know, 50 years, 60 years. I don't know how long 60 Minutes has been on. Um, and it's, it's, it's a news magazine, hour-long television news magazine. And uh, it, it, this particular report... Was to, it was called the uh, uh, at least the video was called the final days of fearless loser. Well, they had his name. I said fearless loser, uh, and it, it had the um, uh, it had the uh, let's see Bob Woodward and Robert Costa who together wrote this book called Peril. And this was from a couple of months ago that the book came out and it gave some information. That was the book that let us know that fearless loser knew he had COVID. Be when he or tested positive for having COVID before the first presidential debate with President with now President Joe Biden, and that he had uh, that this you know that loser had, attempt, had attended other events and that having already tested positive for COVID. That's the that was one of the major revelations that we got from that book. Apparently, I didn't read the book. I don't know. Here's the pedantry. They were talking about January six, which. Fox News, if they have their way in the next few months, January 6th 
will be uh, turned into the only people who attacked the Capitol that day was Antifa. That the mega people weren't even there, and that it was it, the, it, the the that uh, you know a fearless leader at the time he was fearless leader uh, jumped into action, grabbed a police baton, and beat away all the uh, Antifa people from the Capitol on his own. That's that's what Fox News will have you believing pretty soon, or have their viewers believing pretty soon. You won't believe it because you're smarter than that. Anyway. So you, as you recall, you know there was this big rally. The president said, "Go attack the Capitol." <laughs> I know he didn't say exactly that, but might as well have. And the peaceful protesters peacefully went down to the Capitol and then peacefully pushed past the barricades and peacefully bashed in the windows and doors of the Capitol and peacefully climbed in and peacefully wiped feces on the walls and peacefully stole Nancy Pelosi's laptop and peacefully took the lectern from one of the houses, whatever, one of the chambers, and peacefully chanted, hang Mike Pence. You know, you know they were very peaceful about it, but it's just a bunch of tourists. Well, the person giving the report, and the reason they, 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 that Antifa attacked the uh, Capitol was to stop the certification of the, uh, of the electoral vote. That was it. And it's, a, and it's a ceremonial thing, and Mike Pence, as the president of the, uh, of the Senate, is there to you know, preside over the proceedings and then gavel them to an end you know, and just read in the results. It's ceremonial. There's nothing he can do. He can't change it. He can't, there's nothing he can do, right? So, President Orange Guy was trying to pressure Vice President Mike Pence into you know, trying to pull some shenanigans on January 6th. He's trying to bully him into doing it. And Pence stood up and, and did not do what, uh, what Fearless Loser wanted him to do. So I guess, you know, we have to be a little bit grateful to Mike Pence and to former Vice President Dan Quayle because Dan Quayle was giving Pence some advice about this whole thing and said, you can't, you can't do that. You don't have that power. The Constitution does not give you that power. You can't do what Fearless Loser is asking you to do. So, and then the attack happens. Everybody gets whisked away to safety. Mike Pence among them, and then after three hours of the attack on the Capitol, finally, Loser Boy comes out and says, We love you. You're special. Now go home. And they went home. But there was something said in that report with the with, with, uh, uh, footage of the attack on the Capitol by all those Antifa people. I know, I'm being sarcastic. It was the MAGA people. <clears throat> the voiceover said this. When Pence ultimately rejected the plan, that's the plan that uh, the bully was trying to get him to, you know, pull some shenanigans on the whole thing. Okay, that's what that means. I'll start again. When, the, when Pence ultimately rejected the plan and carried out his largely ceremonial duty, and certified the election, all hell broke loose, and the enraged crowd began to chant, Hang Mike Pence. That's not how it happened. Now, I want, I want accuracy in journalism. Now, if this thing hit YouTube in October, 
I, I don't know when this hit the air in Australia, uh, but they had plenty of time to make sure they got this right. That's not what happened. They were in the process of counting the vote with some objections and going through that. They were in the process when Capital Security said, you guys got to get out of here, get get to the safe places. You have to get out. And they escorted them out. We saw that video of, of Mike Pence being escorted out with other people going to the safe place. Three hours later, well, more than three hours later, finally, when the, the Houses of Congress were able to get back into what they were supposed to be doing, Mike Pence is standing up in front. He makes a little speech, and then he says, okay, now let's get back to work. Boom. And then, and then later, way late in the morning, at night or in the early hours of the morning, they finished up. Pence did what he was supposed to do, certified the election results that Joe Biden won, and he did. And that happened later. That happened well after the attack on the Capitol. Happened well after the crowd was chanting, Hang Mike Pence. This is the thing. You need to be accurate. So I'm not defending the bully. I'm defending the truth. Stuff like this is its misleading. This is not how it happened. <sighs> I tell you. <laughs> uh, should I play the theme again? Nah, I'll just move on to the next pedantic moment. Pedantic moment number two. This again deals with Fearless Loser and uh, the modern, caring, sensitive male, uh, Bill O'Reilly. They have this big tour going across the country to you know, spread the lie that the election was stolen and, and help set up uh, Fearless Loser running for re-election in 2024. And if he does get elected, then, you know, of course, he'll, he'll turn the country into a monarchy. He'll, have, uh, he'll become king. He'll, and, and, you know, eventually, you know, his, his you know, Don, uh, Donald Trump Jr. will be the next king because, you know, Trump's got a stroke coming his way soon, doesn't he? Dad's got a, tr you know, fearless loser's got a massive stroke coming his way, doesn't he? I mean, come on. You can't, I mean, right? Doesn't he? So... Junior will be president or, or not president King, or maybe Ivanka will be queen, and then they'll outlaw the Democrat Party and you know, okay, I'm being hyperbolic. It's not going to get like that, but I don't know. <clears throat> That's what they fantasize about. I must take a sip. Oh boy, that's good stuff. <clears throat> So, uh, Fearless Loser and Bill O'Reilly are on the big tour, and they uh, have, a, have a, a stop in Florida. And maybe that's where it started off. I, I don't remember. They're in some kind of marina thing. And ticket sales were lackluster. I think they, the range was like $100 to $500 a ticket. So, the prices were slashed on the tickets to try to get more people to come see the loser and, and the modern caring sensitive male to see them and uh yeah and and uh i guess i don't know they they didn't sell a lot of tickets or there were a lot of empty seats they upgraded people so that they you know the the lower people that paid the lower price tickets they got upgraded so they could fill the floor and the first you know 
a set of risers or whatever the seats along the around the perimeter so they could make it look fuller and so that you know whatever and news outlets and social media folks were sharing pictures and video showing the empty seats look at the all the empty seats this doesn't look so good it didn't really you know and okay I, I think that there probably were a lot of empty seats but the thing is when were those pictures taken when were those videos taken were they taken you know after the the, the power duo took the stage because it didn't it didn't look like that's what was happening in the video I didn't hear you know I just saw the camera going around you could hear the crowd kind of coming in maybe some background music or something that just sort of kind of entertain you while you're waiting for the events to happen I didn't hear you know the loser and 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 the modern caring sensitive male talking to each other I didn't hear that so when was the video taken you know if the Rolling Stones were playing in that venue, isn't that nice how I didn't use the Who? Huh? You notice, did you notice that? I didn't use the Who. I used the Rolling Stones. Huh? <laughs> if the Rolling Stones had played that venue, I'm sure they would have sold it out, as the Who would have done, too. They, they would have done it, but I didn't want to use the Who because that's too predictable, so I used the Stones instead, okay? See how I did that? Okay, so the Rolling Stones, let's say they played that venue. They would have sold it out, but... You're waiting for, you, you, they, they let you in, and five minutes after you're let into the venue and you get to your seat and you start taking video, and it might be another 40 minutes before anything starts to happen. It might be 30 minutes before something starts to happen, and you're looking around and taking video and taking pictures and saying, look at all the empty seats. Well, people just started getting in. So, you know, when were those empty seats pictures taken? When? Was the video of the empty seats taken? I didn't hear anybody explaining that. I did hear that that uh, there was there was a tweet where a woman was saying that they had to wait an extra hour. You know, they were you know the the, the power duo was supposed to take the stage, uh, but they had to wait another hour, and it was speculated, not by the Twitter person, but uh, you know by other people that was that showed the tweet. It was speculated by them that maybe, you know, maybe Fearless Loser didn't want to take the stage until there was a, you know, he, he needs an empty, he, does, he doesn't want to see empty seats. <laughs> I don't know. It was, the, it was the biggest crowd ever in the history. I don't know. But, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, let's, uh, uh, I, I, I'm not, again, I'm not defending the that you know fearless loser I'm not defending him I'm just defending the truth and in this i don't know is it misleading to show empty seats it is if those empty seats were empty you know 40 minutes before the event was supposed to start you know people are just filing in it's not misleading if it was during the event but i didn't see anything that looked like it was happening during the event so i don't know but i i'm sure uh, I do accept the the information given that it does it does seem as though the sales weren't great and the the turnout wasn't fantastic. So, but you know what is fantastic? My being able to take my next break. <laughs> You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I'll be back. I have a at least 
one more pedantic moment I can go on. And I think I will. Uh, I'll be back. You're, uh, yeah, I'll be back. What, what else do I have to say? I need someone, a person to talk to, someone who care to love. Could it be you? Could it be you? Situation gets rough, and I start to panic. It's not enough. It's just that. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Listen to Z Talk Radio. On ZTalkRadio.com. Wash your hands often to reduce the spread of germs and disease. To wash your hands properly, wet them, apply a quarter-sized amount of liquid soap, and rub them together for about the time it takes to sing the Happy Birthday song twice. Wash the front and back, in between your fingers, and under your nails. Dry them with a paper towel if possible, and then use the paper towel to turn off the faucet and open the door. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. A message from the CDC. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'm going to have another pedantic moment. Uh, and this pedantic moment has to deal with uh, the monkeys. I started the show talking about the monkeys, sort of, and I'm going to do this last segment doing some talk about the monkeys again. And I mean the band, not, you know, the animal. Uh, I, I mean the band. And uh, that's because uh, I was uh, putting together the show notes for last week's show. Again, go to dimland.com, click on the show notes slash blog option. You'll get to the show notes for each show. And if you're not checking out the show notes, you're only getting 72.8% of the show. I think that's the number. Anyway, so I was uh, putting it together. I was doing up a list of songs uh, links to songs on YouTube of uh, monkey songs as sung by uh, w- or with Mike Nesmith doing the singing uh, to, to the, for the songs. And uh, and I blogged about uh, the monkeys and Mike Nesmith dying. And uh, I did that for Nostalgia Zone, uh, the Warehouse Fine uh, blog that is the official blog of Nostalgia Zone. That's the comic book store that I work for. And it was just a, a, a quick blog that... Uh, I gave a little bit of history of how the monkeys came together, uh, and and I also um, 
talked about how uh, Mike Nesmith was uh, was the coolest of the monkeys, and and I gave a little uh, a little playlist there, not as you know six songs instead of ten that I put on my show notes page. And in doing so, I was looking at the clips that I was putting there. Um, some of the videos that they have of the monkeys come from the television series the monkeys which incidentally lasted two seasons two seasons do you know how many shows were produced in two seasons of the monkeys from 1968 to no 66 to 1968 i think that's how long the show ran or something those those over that course it's two seasons it ran 58 shows they did 32 shows the first season 26 shows the second season. Now, younger people. This isn't as surprising to uh, old folks like me. Uh, we're used to television seasons lasting 26 episodes, something like that. You know, Star Trek The Next Generation, I think, had 26 uh, episode seasons. Yeah. And, and But if you go further back, some of those seasons went even more shows. I'm wondering if the, you know, between season one of the monkeys and season two of the monkeys if the television networks were deciding you know doing 30 plus shows a season seems a little much how about we only do 26 i wonder if that's what happened why that's the difference from 32 shows to 36 shows i don't know but nowadays i used as a comparison in uh in the blog that i wrote for warehouse fine the official blog of nostalgia zone I used the series Breaking Bad. Amy and I are rewatching the series. Uh, Breaking Bad ran five seasons. There were 62 episodes. The Monkees ran two seasons. There were 58 episodes. Breaking Bad is a slacker. Actually, I think television has figured we want quality over quantity. Now, I don't know. Maybe some shows still run that long. Maybe like the CSI shows maybe do that many shows in a season. I don't know. But anyway. <clears throat> so before I get to the pedantic moment, <clears throat> I'm going to get some observations about this particular video that I saw. Uh, it, it, on YouTube, I'll link to it again. It's for the song, What Am I Doing? Hanging Around. Now, <clears throat> some observations about that that video of that song it's just it's the band it's the it's the four guys uh miming with their instruments uh and uh and they're all on one little set that has some colorful background and uh different height risers like mickey's in the back on a, on a riser playing the drums but he's a little bit lower than than uh davy who's a little bit you know he's in front of him he's up on a riser so he's higher than he's taller than uh mike nesmith who's standing in front playing guitar and then over to the other side is peter torque playing a banjo and um the observations are thus. First, Mickey Dolenz is mugging the whole time. That's all he's doing. He's sitting in the back just mugging away. He pretends to play drums a little bit, and then he mugs. While he's playing drums, he might mug, and then he pretends to sing the back vocal, backing vocals. You know, He lip-syncs the backing vocals. And that's all he's doing. It's, just, it's like the whole time. It's like that. The other thing that I observe... Uh, 
at least uh, two of the monkeys are really sweaty. <laughs> Davy Jones and Mike Nesmith look really sweaty. In fact, at some point, uh, uh, Davy's upper lip has just beads of sweat across it. It's it's weird. Did anybody see that? Uh, the other thing is, Peter Tork was never great at miming playing an instrument. He was a musician who could play all kinds of instruments. I have no doubt that he could play a banjo. He could play piano. He could play a bass guitar. But when he was playing banjo or bass guitar, it never looked like, you know, when he was miming it in the, in the, in the videos, it never looked like he got the hang of doing it. Maybe he just didn't care because it was a loose attitude about the show and all that kind of thing. Uh, next observation, Davey. Davey's playing, he's got like four maracas in his hands, so he's shaking the maracas along, but he doesn't seem to know if he's supposed to be, if he's going to be doing backing vocals, which are oohs and ahs, or if he's going to be singing the chorus along with, with Mike and, and, and Mickey. He doesn't, he's like, he goes between both. He's trying to decide what to do. And, uh, and then uh, Mike, there's a, there's a point like 30 seconds in, somewhere around there, to, to watch Mike closely because he he turns his head to the right to his right a little bit and he looks off with his eyes to his right even farther and he's looking off camera and he's like he's looking at somebody his then his then his brow furrows just a little bit he makes a, a, a an expression and I I read it as though he's he's trying to 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 indicate some kind of a message just through his his the look in his eyes and his face over to somebody off camera to his right he's just kind of looking and then he and then he turns his head starts to turn his head back you know the away but he keeps looking over there that was interesting and then the next thing that mike that mike does later in the video is uh he's singing along with the uh with the chorus and the line he's supposed to be singing or actually, it's with the verse, with the third verse. The line, the line he's supposed to be singing, is uh, I can't help thinking of something. But when when uh, when I hear some whistle crying, <clears throat> and the way he he's the way he starts to lip sync it, the crying parts. He wants to get to the the second syllable of crying quicker than he does in the in the actual audio. And he realizes that he's 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 almost screwed it up. So he 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 keeps it going. He and and you you can tell. You can just watch him. You can tell. And then he then he flashes a little bit of a smile to himself, like he almost screwed that up. And you know you, you see that. Just neat little observations about what's going on there. The other thing that I observed about that is that it's probably only done in like one or two takes. Because why would you? Why would they be so sweaty? And why would they leave in the the, the look of him? screwing up a lyric or why would they you know why would the director say to Davey Davey here's what I want you to do when he gets to the the chorus sing along with him otherwise shake the maracas smile look at the other band members and just kind of go along with it you know with the rhythm of the song and look like you're having a good time you don't have to be pretending to do backing vocals of the whole thing just you know just wait till it gets to that and then you can lip sync along with 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 uh, with the rest of the guys and the reason why I think it was probably only uh, another reason for thinking that might have been only one or two takes is that this is later in the series. 
maybe in the second season because you can tell that because Mickey's hair he let it go to its its naturally curly wavy state because in the first uh, few episodes he had his hair was straightened so you know, he was a lot letting it kind of hang out because that was the hippie thing to do and you know it was starting to take over so he just kind of let it be the way it looked and from what I learned about the show's production the guys at first were listened to the directors and tried to do what they could you know to to Step, you know, stay in line with what was going on and do the job. But then they just, after a while, it just became a lark, and they became very difficult to work with. Actor Hans Conried, an old-time actor, a character actor from back in the day, great voice. Uh, he worked with them, and he hated them because they were not professional. That's one of the stories about you know whatever. So that makes me think that's probably they only did a couple of takes and moved on because they just weren't going to be able to hold the boys' attention for that much longer. Okay. <clears throat> now, the pedantic moment. This is the lyrics of the song. This is the thing that, that, that whenever I listen to the song, which I really like, and the song is What Am I Doing Hanging Round? It was not written by Mike Nesmith, but he does the lead vocals on the song. And it, it's, uh, I'll read through, uh, it's, it's three verses and some choruses. All right. uh, the first verse runs this way. Just a loudmouth Yankee, I went down to Mexico. I didn't have much time to spend, about a week or so. There I likely took advantage of a girl who loved me so, rhyming so with so. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I'm not a songwriter, so what, you know, what, what would I do? Uh, but I found myself a-thinking when the time had come to go. What am I doing hanging around? I should be on that train and gone. I should be riding on that train to San Antonio. What am I doing hanging around? That's the, that's the chorus. Second verse. Uh, she took me to the garden just for a little walk. I didn't know much Spanish, and there was no time for talk. She told me she loved me, uh, not with words, but with a kiss. And like a fool, I kept on thinking of a train I could not miss. What am I doing hanging around? I should be on the train and gone. I should be riding on that train to San Antonio. What am I doing hanging around? All right, now here's the third verse. This is where the pedantry starts to come in for me. Well, it's been a year or so, and I want to go back again. And if I get the money, well, I'll ride the same old train. But I guess your chances come but once, and boy, I sure missed mine. And still I can't stop thinking when I hear some whistle crying. What am I doing hanging around? I should be on the train and gone. I should be riding on that train to San Antonio. What am I doing hanging around? And then they repeat that until the song ends. Now, the pedantry that I have is the first two verses, sets of verses, tell about a young guy that's gone down to Mexico. He's, he meets this young gal there that she's taken a shine to him. And he's by the second verse, he's taken a shine to her. But he's still, through the whole thing, he's preoccupied with the idea of getting back to San Antonio, Texas. He's of going, I've got to get back there. I can't stay here. I've got to go back. I've got to get back to home or whatever San Antonio is to him or San Antonio is to him. Um, and then by the third verse, it turns around. He's gone back to San Antonio. It's a year or so later. And all he does is think about, I've got to go back to Mexico. I've got to get back to this gal. I've got to get, I got to get back there. And he keeps thinking, what am I doing hanging around? Here's the thing that, I, that bothered me. Why, with the lyrics doing a turnaround, why, not, why doesn't the chorus do the same turnaround? 
it shouldn't be, what am I doing hanging around? I should be on that train and gone. I should be riding on that train to, to San Antonio. What am I doing hanging around? It shouldn't be that. It should be, I should be riding on that train to Mexico. San Antonio, Mexico. It would fit. It would work. It doesn't necessarily have to rhyme with anything. It would make, it makes sense to me. Why wouldn't they, tr they turn around the third verse? Why don't they turn around the lyric? Or the the uh, the uh, uh, the chorus. Turn around the chorus. He should be on that train going to Mexico. What's he doing hanging around? Now I know he's trying to get some money together. I suppose, you know, because I'll leave the door open a little bit here. I, I, like I said, I'm not that bad at, at at you know of a pedant. I'm not. I'm really not. So I leave the door open a little bit to say, well, you know, maybe the songwriter would tell me, well, no, he's. He's regretting that thought that he had from before. And, they, and he's revisiting that thought. I should be on that train to San Antonio. He's regretting it. And maybe that's, maybe that's what's going on. But to me, it would, at least to this pedant, it would be more satisfying if he's saying, I should be on, now I should be on the train to Mexico, not to San Antonio. I'm in San Antonio. I should be going to Mexico. I'm assuming he's in San Antonio. It's still a great song. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's awesome. I'll, I'll link to it again on the show notes page. Before I leave, I have a quick one. A couple Fridays a month, uh, I take care of one of our properties that I have to do during the day. And uh, I usually get it done by noon, and then from there, I head over to pick up Amy from work. And what we do then... And once I go and get her and she finishes up what she's doing, we head over to a little pizza place that's about a block away from where she works. And we have and we have lunch, and then I take her home. And if I take a half day, I stay home. Otherwise, uh, I go back to the office. And that's something we just, that's something we do. Um, and uh, when I do that, on those couple Fridays a month, I park in a ramp that's just a, you know, block and a half away from where she works. And I noticed this a while ago, and finally today, I was able to take a picture of it, to, and I put it on Facebook. So if some of you follow me on Facebook, you would have already seen this. But um, what it does is, okay, this is one of those parking ramps where you go in, it shoots you out a ticket, and you head up to wherever you park, hang on to your ticket. Uh, you don't leave it in your car. Uh, and then when you come back, there's these... Uh, these little automatic pay stations. You put the little ticket in there. It tells you what you owe. You pay there at the at the at the station, uh, pay station. Then they re then they pop the ticket back out, and you hang onto it and you go over. And then when you get in your car and you're leaving and you get to the little ramp that uh, you know little circular corkscrew ramp that gets you down to street level. You feed it into a the little ticket taker reader it's at all animated uh, automated stuff you put it in there and it opens the gate for you and you just you know go to get on the corkscrew and you and, you, and then you leave okay so that's what I do and I noticed this you put the ticket into the into the machine to open up the gate to leave and there's a screen up there and the screen changes from you know put you know put the ticket into the thing the screen changes to a smiley face emoji with the words drive safely underneath it but the thing is the smiley face emoji is winking at me it's got it's the wink smiley face 
It's and it's saying drive safely. So I'm like, I do you really want me to drive safely? Are you trying to tell me something? Do do are you are you serious or are you saying oh yeah drive safely? Wink wink. Is that what you're trying to tell me? This doesn't seem to be the right message to be sent. I, I don't know about this thing. Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, look at that. End of a show snuck up on me. So I'm probably not going to be here for the next couple of weeks. Have a good Christmas, uh, holiday season, whatever you celebrate. Uh, Merry New Year and all that. I'll see you in the new year. Maybe New Year's weekend, maybe not. Be skeptical, wear a mask, do all the stuff. Do all the stuff. Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network, and I'm your host, Jim Dr. Jim, saying sleep with the lights off. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks, Thanks for tuning us in. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people. I think you hurt my head real bad. I'm dizzy. I need a doctor. Well, I'm going to hell. hell.